0: See that, that brown shiny thing sticking out? Oh yeah. That's that's the, the cocoon. That's the, that's, like the, that's the open cocoon where the moth come out. Yeah. And oh there's two. I'll oh, do one. To see how it stinks. I'll just stick
1: That's me and Rhonda Inkamala. Rhonda's showing me how to forage for Witchity grubs near her community, Kuala Kuala, about 45 kilometres outside of Alice Springs. But this isn't why I've come.
0: I was interested in getting the internet going because um, then we, were, we could communicate with um, people through email. Um... You know, I don't want to get into Facebook or any social thing because, yeah, it's just, I just don't
1: want to go there. I'm Ellie Rennie and this is Disconnect, a podcast about the internet in remote Australia. Between 2010 and 2015, I worked on a project with the Centre for Appropriate Technology in the Northern Territory. It involved putting computers and internet into homes in three small communities. One was Kuala Kuala, and that's how I met Rhonda and Trudy in Kamala. I want to share this story as it speaks to some of the problems of doing research in remote communities, particularly when you want to leave something of lasting benefit, but fail. It's also a story of intergenerational needs when it comes to communication technologies. I'm recording this some five years after the Home Internet Project and there's no Wi-Fi at Kuala Kuala now. But that's not where the connectivity limits stop. Rhonda and Trudy struggle to even get phone service. So, do you, so you still don't get mobile reception at your place, though? Um, like you, you can't
0: usually find there. I usually just put it near the um, TV and then I'll get reception. Oh, yeah.
1: So you can get some reception. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, right. Oh. But just next to the TV. Well, are we put it near the TV so it can, you know, call, come in. Oh. And then we try to go out to the brand and just find a little spot, you know. Oh, looking. wait, wait
1: a there, just finding good spot. Has anyone got a telephone line at the moment there? No, but... We've got um, no phone. It's important for Trudy to have access to the outside world for lots of reasons, her health and safety being just one of them. But it's not that simple. Even if mobile reception was easy to get at Kuala Kuala, it could create bigger issues. I've
0: seen young people, they are not locked in their room on the mobile. It's social media. When, you know, if mum go to sleep, you can still see a light, you know, if you come up, get up in the middle of the night or whatever, you can still see the light.
1: The young people, you know,
0: they still, it must be 24 seven for them.
1: So while it's kind of complicated, it seems like it's unanimous that the Kuala Kuala community needs to be connected to the outside world and Rhonda and Trudy have tasked me to try to help figure out how to make that possible. Enter Mark Sulikowski from Telstra. It's a few months on from my visit to Kuala Kuala, and I've got Mark on speakerphone, standing with Rhonda at the school where she works in Alice Springs. Do you want to describe for Mark where you get phone signals at the moment or at all, if you get them at all?
0: Um, We have to... But from where we are, we have to either go uh, up on a hill or go down yep. to the main road, near the main road, so we can have a look at the towers that are on, um, on the McDonald Ranges here in Alice, those big towers. Yep. Yeah. So if we can see them, then we can get reception and ring up, you know? Okay. If we spot- about... If we find a little spot, you know, where <laughs> where the um, little lines come up. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Good, but there's no um, if you're if you're in your house or in the community, like in a shop or anything, you can't get any signal, right?
0: Where we are, we um, our town and shopping is Alice, so we yeah, li- right. We live out on um, lots, on blocks. On blocks, yeah. And there's yeah. No, signal, no signal at the blocks? No, where we where we are in the house, nothing, because there's hills. It's surrounded by the mountains and hills.
1: Yeah. And we're in a little valley.
2: Okay. All right, so just writing
1: up this down. Um, so, Rhonda, okay. when I spoke to you, you said that um, there might be a spot in your house near the television. Oh, yeah. When the TV was going and we could get, I oh, you used to
0: put my mobile phone near the TV and it'll ring, but, you know, going outside, sort of finding a little spot, yeah, yeah. or leaving it okay. there and answering the phone through there and talking. <laughs> yeah,
2: so there might be, that's interesting, so there might be, a, like, there's a, probably a few options we could try, Rhonda. Yep. Um. To see what we could do. I think we could, like, we could look at putting a, um, like, an antenna on your house
1: mm-hmm.
2: to see to to grab to see if we can grab the signal yes. from coming from the towers. Yep. And then inside your house, we put like a little device that helps to um, make the signal stronger. So, if, like, if you had some signal near the TV. It must mean there's a, some signal can. There is some signal coming to your house, yep. even if it's very poor. So we could try that mm-hmm. as one option, just to see. Can't promise anything, but mm-hmm. we could see. Yep. Or, or if you're getting the signal like down by the main road, um, do you do you um, do you have a car as well, or some some of your family or friends have a car?
0: Yeah, we've got yeah. A car. Yep.
2: Because we've also got this, um, we've also got this like little small antenna that you put to the top of your car, and you have a little system inside, yep. and it makes the mobile signal really strong inside the car. So it could be that you could find a spot in the community; you wouldn't have to drive so far. Maybe it's just a few meters away from your house, yep. but there's a re- really strong signal. So there's two things we could try if you'd be interested. Yeah, I'm very Um, much
1: interested. (laughs) We said goodbye to Mark with a sense of optimism, two options to try. But I did have a niggling feeling that our end goal, actually getting phone service, was something Rhonda and Trudy had told me they were wary of. When we spoke last time, you were a bit concerned about mobiles in the community though. So this will only be a mobile phone yeah. Solution It's not a pay phone. Yeah.
0: No, that's a good one because then everybody, you know, get their prepaid things and pay for their own bills. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: When they go out there, we'll follow up and see how it all goes yeah. Yeah. with you. Yeah. Does that sound all right? That's really good. Thank you, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> It's now another few months on from my chat with Mark, and you're hearing Michael, who is the tech tasked to get Rhonda and Trudy connected.
3: Uh, my name's Michael Perez. I'm a remote installer for
1: Telstra. I'm based in Alice Springs. He's been out to Kuala Kuala, and I've called him to find out what he found out. And how long have you lived in Alice Springs for? Did you grow up there? or?
3: No, I've been there 10 years
1: now. Uh, twelve actually. That's a long time.
3: That is a long time. Never left.
1: <laughs> Do you love it?
3: Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's it's home.
1: So um, I thought like a, a little place to start actually might be if I could quickly pl- play you something that Rhonda said um to me. I think this was a year or so ago when I when I went to see her and I I asked her if she if she had any internet at Kuala Kuala, and this was her reply. I hope you can hear it. I play Michael the clip you heard a few minutes ago, Rhonda telling me about the difficulty getting service at Kuala Kuala. So I thought this was rather strange that Rhonda said she could only get reception near the television. (laughs) Do you have any thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, look, they're barely on the edge of um, mobile reception and there's like a hill between... Her house and the tower. So um, yeah, as expected, it'd be very spotty where she gets reception or not. Outside, um, towards the, pine, uh, the gap, she'll get okay reception because I went there. It was alright, but inside her house, yeah, just very few spots you can get reception. So.
1: So describe for me what you did when you got to Kuala Kuala Uh,
3: first thing what I did was um actually assess if. I can get reception because um the the Go repeaters don't really work if there's no reception to start with. Um, if and if there was no reception to start with, then I'd set up the Yagi and hopefully get a bit out of that. Um, the what? What's it? Uh, the y- Yagi antenna? Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, so that basically just picks up any um signal from the mobile tower. Um, and then it. Yeah, the Tigo boosts the signal inside the house. So yeah, the first thing I did was just to see if I can actually get reception, which outside I can. So um, I went ahead with the installation. Um, assessed where the best place for the antenna would be mounted. Um, and confirmed with them if it's alright to place the antenna there.
1: Okay, kind of an unceremonious way to find out that our hard work had succeeded. This Yagi antenna device is up, and Rhonda and Trudy have service. But then Michael goes on.
3: Because uh, you've been to QualiQuali, right?
1: Yeah, many times, yeah.
3: There's, a, um, there's like five houses at the front, so they got phone infrastructure there. And then between those five houses and Rhonda's house, there's a small hill. <laughs> so um, the people at the front would get better reception than, um, than...
1: So do you think... So the people at the front, they could use phones already,
3: I reckon so, yeah. <laughs> it's just Rhonda's house, yeah.
1: So it's just Rhonda's house that didn't have it. Okay. Because I, yeah.
3: A funny story is, yeah, all the people at the front, they've got phone infrastructure. Um, they've got cables underground there. It's running off what we call a SCAD. Um, and then House 7, which is way further and more isolated than Rhonda's, has a dedicated radio tower for that house. So it's only Rhonda's house that didn't have anything for a phone.
1: So when you say they have phone infrastructure, you mean there are phone lines?
3: Yes. Uh, before the gate, you'll see like a, um, a metal cabinet with a solar panel on it. So that metal cabinet, there's a device inside, it generates dial tone. Ah. But there's no cabling from that to Rhonda's house. because She's a bit um, isolated from the rest of the houses.
1: But say one of those houses at the front where Trudy lives for instance. She could get a phone, a regular Telstra home phone connected already?
3: Should be. I mean I don't I haven't seen the cabling plan to see what houses have it, but um the scat at the front indicates that, you know, it is there. <laughs> I'll have to go out and scope it. I didn't know that you know, that's what it's for.
1: <laughs> Right, okay. No, I'm just really surprised. I didn't know that. Um, But what's interesting is that they didn't know that either. So a phone service was much closer to being available to Rhonda and Trudy than they knew. This gives Kuala Kuala this feeling of remoteness, and yet it's only half an hour from a big town. Most people on the East Coast probably have a bigger commute to work than that. But comparisons to the city aren't worth much. The situation faced by communities in the Northern Territory are a very different thing. They're just seen differently. As Michael kept talking, this became more and more evident.
3: When I actually got there, I asked them, oh, have you thought about NBN? And just go through Wi-Fi calling. And then they said, um, yeah, they don't know how much a dish would cost. And also, um, there's a high, high chance of the dish being stolen when they're not, ha- they're not home. So they didn't want to go that route anyway. So I think the next best thing was this, to get data and um, phone to her house.
1: It turned out that Rhonda and Trudy could get a new phone line connected, but there would be costs involved in getting a trench dug from the cabinet to the house. There would also be a minimum monthly bill. Rhonda had said that it's easier for each house to have prepaid mobile phones. But the option is there should they choose to take it up. Just a note that since we started on this journey, Telstra has established a regional advisory network that can help households like Rhonda's to choose the best connection for their circumstances. So, so do you mostly work with communities? Is that what you do?
3: Um, a bit of both. I'm, I've only been a remote technician for two years. Prior to that, I've just been working in Alice Springs. But yeah, two years, I've been around... And um, to a lot of places, including WA, South Australia, we cover those.
1: And what what do you see the problems are with people trying to get phones in those communities?
3: Um, it's just the infrastructure that's not there, and um, sometimes our call centers are <laughs> can't verify the address, so we can't put a job in to see if um we can get a phone to where you are. So I think it's that barrier, but um, I think that's what Telstra Regional Team is for, to bridge that gap.
1: Yeah, so you can go out and just talk to people. So how, how did Ronda react when it was up and running?
3: Uh, I was taken back. actually. Her exact words were, um, this is incredible, I can't believe it. <laughs> just the smile on her face, you know, she's really lovely, she's very warm, very friendly. Yeah. And yeah, um, she just said, it's amazing. I thought it was really fulfilling when she said, oh, this is incredible. I can't believe it. Yeah. It just, just puts in perspective that, you know, sometimes we do meaningful meaningful work.
1: <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, she is a a, a fantastic person. And um, I'm so pleased that you were able to help her this time.
3: It's great. And I was all Mark. It was all Mark. <laughs> he, he set the whole thing up.
1: Yeah, but I can't imagine him getting up there on a, on a flagpole. Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> i talking for That song was Around Here by Tia Gostello from the album Deadly Hearts 2, courtesy of ABC Music licensed by the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. We'd like to thank the elders of the regions we travelled to in the creation of this podcast and during the research that underpins it. Disconnect is produced by RMIT University, led by myself, Ellie Rennie, Indigo Holcomb-James and Tyson Young-Caporta. Our producer is James Milsom with production assistance from Campbell McNulty. Telstra is funding the project as an action within their Reconciliation Action Plan 2018 to 2021. The Indigimob program worked with us on this episode. Indigimob is a partnership between First Nations Media Australia and Telstra.